Okay, listen, I've talked about this before. This is Heart of the Matter uh, from the Mecca Mormonism. I'm your host, Sean McCrane. This is a short show. This is on my head because more and more, as I've gotten older and older, my brain and my heart is in the heavens. It is, it is not here on earth. Less and less am I interested in the things around here. Now, I participate. Uh, you know, obviously I eat uh, uh, because that, get, that gives me some solace down here. I would do drugs, but they're too harmful uh, and destroy things. So I can't do that, you know. Uh, so you're just kind of limited to, and I'm not interested in anything else. And so my mind is constantly wondering about what's coming, what's next, and, and what it really would be like. Because once we go from here, you're gone. You disappear. Now, there's people who say, well, we believe in, in uh, you know, uh, uh, what is that called? Reincarnation. We're going to come back. And, you know, I, 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 I don't touch that. They use some scriptures to support that. I don't see those scriptures in the same way because I don't want to come back here, man. I don't want to come back here as a king. I don't want to come back here as anything. I don't want to come back. I want to enter into a kingdom that's different. And so I think about what it's like. What do you think the afterlife will consist of? What do you think it will be like? Many near-death experience people, look. they say that the heavenly realm is busy. People are f- moving. They are busy up there. That kind of bums me out, you know, because you think of it's going to be a place of rest. But I think that rest is rest from the cares of the flesh. Rest uh, from the mortal coil that we have put off and left behind. I think that's what the rest, rest in Christ, rest in peace. But busyness, that seems to be a common denominator among people who have had some near-death experiences. Are we engaging with mortals? Do we come down and do we have spiritual interfacing with human beings as a means to try to assist or help them? Are we like angels, like in It's a Wonderful Life and assigned to a certain person? I, you know, Christians will say, no, 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 no. But, you know, we don't know. You know, and that old idea of sitting on a cloud playing a harp, that just makes me want to blow my brains out. You know, and, 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 and uh, the worshiping Jesus day and night forever doesn't make sense to me. It just does not make sense. There have been reasons and there are purposes as to what we're doing down here. And so to me, it seems like there will be reasons and purposes for the things we've done here up there, that they'll transfer. The patience that we've gathered here will be purposeful there. The, the things we've learned how to love here will be meaningful there. The principles are important, it seems to me. Uh, are you more inclined toward the LDS view? You know, the LDS say that if you are one of the faithful, you will actually go. And when you get up there at some point in the eternities, you will be gifted with the ability to create, create your own world. And you'll be the God of the people that you create people that world with in a universe, perhaps, or a galaxy. I don't know. So they have that. And people are literally actively looking to become God's. Uh, uh, like their heavenly father and that they will get to the place where they are going to be him to that group of people. I like to try and take anything and everything the Bible says within context and looking at it the best way possible and use only those insights in my creation of what could possibly happen afterward. I don't like to pull from some kind of mystical thought or imaginative premise if it doesn't have a biblical basis. 
that's just how I live. I'm not saying it's right. Uh, you know, perhaps there's inspirations that are extra biblical that are true about what will happen in the afterlife. But for me, I just like to take what we find in scripture to use. And we notice that the Bible really doesn't give us very much relative to what the, uh, to what's coming. I mean, it's really scant in direct information. Therefore, at best, everything we come up with in the end is going to be conjecture, pure conjecture. And this is a conjectural show. Um, but in the spirit of conjecture, remember that, while taking the biblical narrative in hand that describes God and his son, remember God with us, his son, then I present the following conjecture about the afterlife, especially for those who are his children. This is not a conjecture of those who are not his. This is for those who believe and are his by faith and they enter into his kingdom as his children. Because God is love, we know that. I suggest that whatever his children are involved in will be all about founded upon love. I don't think you can extract love from any situation that we'll be involved in in the future in heaven. I think it will all be based in agape love. All right? Every expression, which means in our interactions, whatever they may be, with others, whether they be a spirit brother or sister in the kingdom, whether it be, of course, with God and Christ, or whether it be with those who are not part of the kingdom, it seems to me that if there is some interaction with those who are his children and those who are not, then what his children will bring will be love to those who are not. Love is always going to be uh, an extension of God in the kingdom to come. And since agape love really only has real application in circumstances, listen to this again, since agape love, God's love, only has true application in times of difficulty, then it seems to me that when we are in the kingdom to come as his children and we are expressing agape love to others, it will be because the situation that they are in or that we are in with them is going to be trying or difficult. And so what that says to me is there's a chance, perhaps, that children of God might be called to go out to non-children of God. And because the gates are open 24-7 to the kingdom. And that we might be going out as emissaries of light and life and love. And we might be trying to reach those who because they're of their pride or because of their rebelliousness or because of their hatred for light, that they love the darkness more, that we are going to be engaging with them. And that is going to require the elements of agape love, which is patience and kindness and long suffering and mercy and, and all of those things, humility, right? You know, that was what was important to the embodiment of God among us, Christ. What he was is who God is, right? And so when you saw him, when you look at his life and how he was, that's how God is. 
And so if we're to follow God the way Jesus lived his life and we're to follow and be like him, then those principles are going to carry with us when we die. And if those principles carry with us when we die, I don't think we're going to be sitting in a kingdom like, yo, I'm in the best place. Ha ha ha. You know, it's going to be like, how do I reach my brothers and sisters and friends who don't want to be here for whatever reason it is? How can I get them to come in? And we'll be sent, I believe, it's this conjecture by God, out into the dark netherworld to reach and try to help people see because every knee will bow and every tongue will confess ultimately. And God doesn't give up. He does not throw away people. They always have their free will. Uh, and, but he is long suffering. He is patient. He is kind. And, and because we will be too, and we are called to be too, we will then act on his behalf out in those people when we engage, perhaps with family members. My dad, he's an atheist. Perhaps my dad will be outside the kingdom, still obstinate. You know, perhaps I'll get that chance to go talk with him. And perhaps he'll reject me and mock me, just like Christians are mocked here. I don't know why it would be any different. People say, oh, but they'll be able to see then. You're right. And that element of faith will be gone. And so the rewards will be different, right? The rewards won't be the same for people who could then see. Nevertheless, the invitation will be there. And I can't help but believe that somehow... Since God is in the business of bringing light into things from the creation all the way down to his son, that his children will be in the business of bringing light into dark places, right? And since God is light, I suggest that as his children, we will be children of light and as such will shine brightest in the dark. And so I don't think that the heavenly home will be basking in light and eating grapes and drinking champagne with our feet up. I think that the true activity will be involved in the darkest places. And um, since God is life, I see his children extending life to those who are dead. Maybe here on earth. I don't know. Maybe angels who have fallen. Maybe to the souls outside the New Jerusalem who hate God, who hate light, who love the dark, who want to dwell in those places. Maybe there's, God will say, go to the far regions out there and go share and, and be prepared to and be armed with the love that I am. Since this is what his son did when he took on flesh, he confronted demon-possessed people. He liberated people who were trapped and in prison. That's what Jesus was all about, to bring salvation to others. Then maybe we will spend our time teaching and reaching others with light and love and light. I would imagine that this would include some warfare. I would imagine, because dark, I'm not talking about with Satan, he's done. But dark always exists where God is not. That is what dark is. And that's what influenced the angel Satan to fall. And so dark, capital D, is an oppressive, powerful entity. It might not even be like personified. It might just be this element of lack of light that is so spiritually powerful. And I would assume that the engagement that we have with those dark forces will be real. And so therefore, we here are being trained 
to love people in difficult circumstances, to reach out to those who are lost, to open the prison doors to them who are captive, to be a friend to someone who is in, trapped in addictions and in lust and in whatever it is of this world, and to show them that God loves them and is light and wants to bring them in, inviting all people all the time to receive him. To me, if we're learning patience here and long suffering here, and the commandment here is for us to show compassion and mercy and kindness, then to me, it seems like that is eternal. And we will forever be involved in doing that because they are eternal principles that are important here. They're going to be important there. Now, if you don't think that's inviting, I would say that this is conjecture. Wait to see what God does. Perhaps your proclivities and your, your penchants will be towards something else. But I've said this before. I hope that God will use me to go into the darkest places. And I hope that I can bear with me a torch of him. And I can say, I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the God Almighty, receive him. And to engage in that, uh, that spiritual warfare that has gone on forever. Because where there is light, there is always dark. It's all conjecture. But it is my personal hope that it will be the case, at least for me. And because love is hoping all things, I stand by this little wish that I have in my life.